just because of that school. And I think having someone telling me, because at first I kind of just thought he was going to be like, oh yeah, that's bad. Like, that makes sense. Like, I see why you're mad or upset. Da, 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 da. I see why this like defines your personality. But he was like, you've been emotionally abused. And that was, it was really scary because I didn't want to accept that because I knew that if I said that sentence to someone like my mom, mm. it would be like, no, you weren't. Hi guys, welcome back to those who know. My name is Grace Casper and today I'm with my wonderful friend, Maddie McDavid, or as I call her, Maddie the Baddie. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Maddie and I, uh, we met at Camp Barnabas and actually Maddie, do you want to share how we met? We met at Camp Barnabas, which is a camp for people with special needs. And we were put on this weird little team and we were all just, just graduated from high school. Didn't know what we were going on, like what we were doing. We were like on the travel team. So we, half the time we were at camp. And then the other half of the time, we were actually in Colorado, and me and Grace shared a bed for two weeks. Not a big bed, but big enough. Yep. And we got really, really close. Very quickly, actually. Probably got pretty close, like, in the first three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so like Maddie said, we had met right after graduation. So she was fresh off of this school that she had been attending for the majority of her life. And I kind of have been able to have the privilege to see Maddie process just her school and the way that she was raised um, right from when she graduated up until now being a senior in college. And so um, I contacted Maddie to do an episode with me today because I feel like she has such a unique story um, with pain and just Maddie is someone who's raw and honest about it and doesn't like to make it fluffy or cute or presentable to people, but she just says it like it is. Um, so yeah, I am just really happy to have you on the show. Where are you at right now? Just so listeners know. I am in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I'm a senior at the university of Alabama. Woo. Roll tide. Hey, (laughs) just kidding. Um, well, great. Yeah. And so Maddie, can you just start to tell our listeners why I asked you to be on the show and what kind of topic you're going to dive into today? Um, so your whole podcast is about people in our generation, you know, dealing with pain because a lot of adults around us or people older than us kind of think that we haven't for some reason. They think that pain has just skipped this generation, which is ridiculous because I don't think pain skips anyone. Um, And I think uh, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I think, I think every, everyone experiences pain and everyone handles it differently. And I think I am just one of those people that, and validates my pain over and over again until I'm literally sitting across from a licensed professional therapist and he is telling me 
you were emotionally abused. And I'm just kind of like sitting there with my mouth open, like, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Mm. Like that, that didn't happen to me um, just because, or even if it did happen to me, it wasn't that bad because so-and-so over here experienced something way worse. And yeah, comparing our pain. So yeah, I do. Yeah. Wow. Which is ironic because if somebody were to tell me about their problem, I would never be like, well, this person over here is experiencing it way worse. So mm. like I would never say that to somebody. Yeah. But I say it to myself constantly. It's crazy what we say, what we allow ourselves to say to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I can explain the reason behind my emotional abuse, just so I'm not super vague about it. Um, but I started going to this Christian private school from the age of three. And I attended that school up until I was a senior in high school. So it was a huge part of my life. I didn't really have many friends outside of the school. I had a few at church, but it was just so hard to like explain the dynamic of the school I was going to because it was super small. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up graduating with a class of only nine other students or actually eight other students. There was nine total. Um, and like the biggest my class ever got was maybe in third grade and there were 13 of us. And that was considered like a big class. So just a really small environment. Yeah. And a lot of rules and a lot of interesting philosophies. One of their like, main things that they were pushing for was what they called moral innocence. And basically like what, what they meant by that is we want to keep kids, kids as long as they possibly can be. We want to keep them safe from the outside world. We want to shelter them. Um, We want to make sure kids are, our kids are disciplined. And then once they graduate, they're ready to go out in the world and just be a light for Christ, which (laughs) course sounds really good good in theory I understand why my parents thought oh yeah I'll be a really good parent and I'll send my little kid here my kid to school here is what I meant to say um and my mom was really involved with the school she was head of the administration office and so it was just pretty much everything wow yeah, that was like your whole world. It and really was. You have did your siblings go here as well? Yes. I have an older brother. He graduated from there and I have a little brother. And my little brother started going there even I mean, he was just like barely born. <laughs> I guess he was in the nursery. And my older brother started, I think, when he was in first grade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is your whole family's, I mean, it's a huge chunk of the way that your family was operating. And we had no other school to compare it to. Right. Wow. Yeah. And we were just told constantly in school, like public school is really bad. You're so lucky to be getting this education. Like if you were in public school, you'd be treated this, 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 like, it's wow. just, it was just a lot of like, I, cause I think sometimes 
I will tell, I'll like tell people what happened to me at that school and they'll be like, well, why didn't you go somewhere else? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I was a high schooler, so I didn't really like, I didn't really have control over where I went to school. And also like, to me, public school was terrifying. And yeah. You've been taught your whole life that it's this evil trap. Right. And I thought that if I went to public school, I would be bullied and teachers would just be mean. Like I still kind of like view public high school in that way. I haven't really let go of that in my mind just because I'll never know what it's really like. And I'll never, I'll never go to a public high school, which is fine. Like, I don't, I'm not really like, man, I wish I could, but (laughs) like, I, that's a desire. That's just an experience that, I will never really have. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, I, the people I graduated with, most of them I had known since I was three years old and it's crazy. Mom like worked at the school or their dads uh. helped out on Fridays and it was just very, very family oriented. And I could see how it seemed like sort of this Christian utopia kind of thing. Yes. Um, it was definitely marketed that way. And I think that that was one of the problems is the school never took measures to be like, what's wrong with our culture here? Like some kids are like saying this about the school, but you know, it was just, everyone was just like, PCS is perfect. The school is perfect. Mm. And there was not really a ton of accountability. Yeah. I mean, they made changes, like small changes, but when it came to the overall culture of the school, like how are we treating this, these children? How are we taking care of their emotions? How are we taking care of their perception of God? Which, you know, of course they can't do that perfectly. Public schools don't do that perfectly at all, I'm sure. Um, but there was just like, there was no discussion it over felt, what was wrong. Yeah, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like no one was really allowed to speak up and say like, hey, I don't really think this part is okay. Because right. if everyone's talking and saying how perfect it is, and you're the one who says like, oh, I'm not really sure about this part, then people are like, well, what's wrong with you? Right, and when I would you know, talk to my mom about the way some teacher said something to me and how that made me feel or how I disagreed with something. It was always just, well, you just don't understand because you're just in high school. You just don't understand. Wow. Um, Like you were belittled in a way. Right. And there was no one outside of my mom that I could talk to. There wasn't any kind of like guidance counselor and you know none of the teachers were you know everyone was on the same side which is good I mean I'm not saying that like school should be not super disunified or whatever yeah but you are missing out on I think a huge part of what God calls us to is like diversity and in bringing all people together. And so if you're just making clones of one another and saying, 
this is what a Christian looks like. This is what following God looks like. Everyone must look this way. You're really missing out on a lot of what the family of God should really look like. Right. And there was definitely like this perfect mold of, I can't speak to the male experience, but there was definitely for a girl attending that school, the perfect female student at that school would be very quiet and she would just do her homework and make good grades and just be very, very sweet and subdued. That verse, gentle and quiet spirit, was definitely thrown at me several times. Oh my gosh. And this was never said like explicitly, but just the way we were spoken to, at least this is how I interpreted it as a child, would just like, this is going to sound really weird, but like the perfect girl at that school would just like look like a little girl the whole time she was there. That's so messed up. There was a lot of like um, obsession over modesty because modesty, you know, is seen as a virtue. And well, I think it's, you know, healthy to consider that from the age of whatever age I was in sixth grade, I guess I was like 10, 11, I don't know, whatever, too young, sixth grade up until my senior year, just however long I was there, just the way that my body looked was scrutinized constantly. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm not like this like super stick thin person, like I think I just have a normal body, but um, like we would have these certain days where we could wear jeans and, you know, I think what the teachers would have wanted me to wear was like these like super, super baggy jeans that just like <laughs> looked terrible. But, all, and also I was like, do you really want me to wear that? But, you know, so I would wear like regular jeans, tried so hard to follow the rules without a fail. Some teacher would pull me aside and talk to me about my body and how those jeans were distracting to the boys. Or if it wasn't a teacher, it was some mom that I didn't even know. Like oh my gosh. Not even talking to me. And yeah. pulling all the girls aside and then saying, you know, some of you are built differently. And just making oh. me very aware and worried about my body when I was really, really young and should have mm. just been worried about whether or not my ponytail was staying tied up. Mm. And I ever since then I've really, really struggled with body images, body image issues. I thankfully have never had like an eating disorder, but it's, I've still definitely considered it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you still had disordered thoughts about eating for seasons of your life, but maybe it just didn't go to the extent of most eating disorders. Yeah. And so that's another way that I would like invalidate my emotions. I'd be like, well, I've never had any disorder. Mm. I've always, you know, I've always eventually ended up giving in and just eating because I'm just weak, which is not a good way to think. (laughs) Dang. It just shows like how deep you were into really not wanting to admit that maybe you're being emotionally abused. Mm. And I like, definitely still struggle with body image stuff. Like one thing that I've kind of realized about the way I 
dress like I don't dress in like super modest clothing like I dress fairly normally but like when I do get dressed the first things I'm thinking of are when I get dressed how will I not be noticed how can I wear something that will just make me blend in and have nobody look at me because I just I don't want to be perceived Hmm. like I just want to wear my clothes and not talk about what I'm wearing and even if it's like I don't know somewhere fun it's a party and like one of my friends is complimenting me and they're like oh this body part like looks good in that like you look so good I'm like extremely uncomfortable Hmm. and feel really guilty even though I know they're being really nice and it's very confusing because you know I appreciate the compliment but then part of me just like wants to run home and change because I don't want anybody to notice me. Dang, Maddie, that's so sad. <laughs> yeah. And so do like, you, what? What were you going to say? I was just going to say, did you like, did it take coming to college for you to realize these things? Or when you said you would speak up to your mom like what age do you think you were starting to notice, man, like I'm really disagreeing with what's being shown and taught to me here. I definitely started to disagree with it. My, like when I was 14 and 15, there was definitely like this wrong feeling that I had. And, but when I would talk about it with, adults it was very quickly invalidated um and so I was just really confused in high school and I really like to follow the rules I am not a rule breaker um I would say like as a child I was definitely that way and that was almost like beaten out of me because I would try so hard to follow the rules but then it was never good enough um So I I definitely started to think like, this is not right, but no one was going to listen to me because even like the other girls at school, you know, a few of them would agree with me, but we were all like, there's no adult validating how we feel. Like none of our parents are validating how we feel. So I guess we're just- So I must be wrong. Yeah. Like, I guess we're just being like rebellious teens. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. So then when, when do you feel like was the first time that you were affirmed in your experience? It was definitely my sophomore year. I was having a really, really hard year. My sophomore year of college. Um, that year, I, I have always had anxiety because of just, I mean, obviously that was a really anxiety inducing environment that I was yeah, in. Yeah, you're just trying to follow school. the rules and you weren't enough. <laughs> That's right. A lot. And I was constantly making mistakes on accident and being reprimanded. Um, but it was definitely when I started going to counseling and, you know, the first like few weeks of counseling, we kind of talked about like, you know, you always talk about like your family and your family of origin. And then I, brought up the school my counselor was very interested in that and asked me a lot of questions about it and I started talking and I was really embarrassed because he's a man um 
and I was really, really embarrassed to talk about like my body and clothes because I had so much shame surrounding it and like things like sex too, because we weren't taught anything like that in school. We weren't even taught like the basic reproductive system. I don't know why. Wow. They just did it. They're like, you should talk about that with your parents. Periods Um, don't happen. Yeah. Um, and he just like really broke down like everything that had happened to me and every, all the lessons that I had been taught just because of that school. And I think having someone telling me, cause at first I kind of just thought he was going to be like, Oh yeah, that's bad. Like that makes sense. Like I see why you're mad or upset. Da, 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 da. I see why this like defines your personality. But he was like, you've been emotionally abused. And that was, it was really scary because I didn't want to accept that because I knew that if I said that sentence to someone like my mom, Mm. it would be like, no, you weren't. Um, But it was also the most freeing thing ever because I was like, finally, finally an adult was telling me that that was wrong. Wow. And then I should spoken to that way. Wow. And I'm sure like just the, the term emotional abuse is very like sharp and yeah. strong. And so I'm sure it like scared you in the sense of like, no, 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 it wasn't that bad. But at the same time, it was like, oh, wow. Was it like, it was it that valid? Like were my yeah. experiences really that bad? I yeah. can't imagine all the feelings. So then after that, Maddie, did you understand what emotional abuse was or did you think it was just this counselor term that was thrown around and it was kind of a bunch of bullshit? I think that I, I don't think I understood it all at once, but after being given that term, I feel like I was able to unravel so many events that had happened to me. Um, like one time, my sophomore year of high school, which is still the worst year of my life. You know, that could change. I've still got a lot of years left, hopefully. But (laughs) to date, worst year of my life. The worst day of my life so far. It was, it had been a long year. Um, I had liked this boy and he had liked me and this other girl at the same time. It was basically kind of like two-timing us, but like we both knew about it because it was a tiny school and people were picking sides because there was nothing else to talk about, you know, just like high schoolers being stupid. Yeah. There's only nine of you. Right. And I feel like if it happened at a public school, it probably would have been over with in like a few months or I don't know. It just, it, the teachers wouldn't have known about it or if they did, they definitely wouldn't have cared, but true. I can attest to that. I went to public school. (laughs) (laughs) It blew up into this whole thing. And she sat me and this girl down in like one of the conference rooms. All the girls in my high school were in the room with us for some reason. And like the boy who was the principal's son conveniently. And like, I don't know, like one other guy for some reason was in there. Um, And she like looked at me and this girl and she said, my son doesn't want you 
and then yelled at us and then we cried and then she yelled at us for crying and just completely humiliated us in front of all of my friends, all the girls in my high school. And just, I don't remember a lot of what she said. I remember like three things. I remember her saying, my son doesn't want you. And I remember her saying, you are not allowed to cry. And when you come to school next or tomorrow, she said, when you come to school tomorrow, you better have a smile on your face. You cannot be upset anymore the rest of this year. And she probably said a few other terrible things that I've blocked out. Um, And she like kind of made her son apologize to us, but not really. He definitely got off the hook, even though she was like, I was his principal, not his mother that day. And I was like, you were totally his mom that day. Like he totally took like maybe half, maybe less than half of the responsibility. And then she said horrible things to the other girl. Man, Maddie, that's traumatic. It was traumatic. And sometimes I have dreams about it and I wake up crying. And it is so, it is so difficult for me to accept that that woman is my abuser. Like that's Mm. a really difficult sentence to say. Mm because it's weird because I know that she in her own way cares about me right? and she wants me to have a successful life. She's my mom's boss. The next day she gave me a hug and said, like, I did what I had to do, but like, I see you as one of my daughters. That's why I talked to you that way. And I like asked my counselor about that. And he was like, well, she only said that to make herself feel better. Yeah. Um, But now that you have been in college and you've been, talking with your counselor, do you feel like you are rediscovering who Maddie is and like retraining your brain of even what it means to be a follower of Jesus? Like how much more relational Jesus is and isn't legalistic or all these things that I feel like you picked up from that school? Right. I, I would say absolutely. I think this thing that my therapist said to me this year is he said you are a lioness who's acting like a kitty cat (laughs) you told me that uh which basically means you have a really big personality and you've been pushing that down for so long because you felt like you had to um and there's something else I was gonna say Oh, yes. And then my view on God and Jesus definitely has changed because my view of God initially was he's this person who's really far away. He's just waiting for me to mess up so that he can punish me, Um, which is totally not true. God's walking alongside me through everything and he's watching the mistakes I make and he's loving me anyways. And he also like wants to sanctify me because he loves me, not so I will be easier for him to deal with. That's good. So, yeah. That's really good. College has been a really, really healing time. And I have a really awesome counselor 
he counsels a lot of people in Tuscaloosa. For some reason, he's in Tuscaloosa. Sometimes I'm like, this man needs to be in New York City. (laughs) (laughs) Battling the big fish to fry. (laughs) He's just so great. Um, So I I feel really, really blessed to be in this random town, Alabama, and have amazing Christian counseling. Which I want to say to any of the listeners, like when I met Maddie, she was not about counseling. And so just to like see, I don't know, because I feel like many people, when they hear about people that go to counseling, they're like, well, you're just one of those people, you know, that like loves counseling. And it's like, no, no one starts off as a human who is just so thrilled and excited about counseling. Like no one wants to go. But the beauty in it is like once you start going, you realize, A, it's not that bad. And B, like, where have I been without this? (laughs) Right. And I also will add on to that is especially if you have like experienced trauma or anything like that, maybe you think you haven't, you probably have. It is your responsibility to deal with that. And you need to go to counseling or because if I hadn't, I like I'm in a relationship now and I just would have projected everything onto the person I'm dating and he doesn't deserve that. Wow. Amen, Maddie. Go off. Family or like, yeah, I've never been a counseling and then one day I'm a parent and I'm like crazy to my child. Yeah. Or even just for yourself too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's the main reason. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I I agree with you. Another (laughs) motivator. But you're right. Like it is, it does go beyond the self and, and the way that you treat yourself affects all of your other relationships. Exactly. And so you're able to love your boyfriend and your family a lot better when you feel at peace within yourself. Right. And with Jesus. Right. How do you feel like Jesus has just brought you more hope and more excitement to, I, I feel like, tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like he is redeeming these really painful places and making them like a lot more vibrant and colorful oh yeah absolutely um kind of like a nascar driver when i said that i feel like okay, <laughs> i don't know why i just said oh, that. yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely um <laughs> sorry um i would definitely say like all those really cracked pieces of my heart I feel like especially in the past two years, Jesus said, I'm going to come in and I'm going to start putting those back together. And a lot of that has been through my relationship um, and definitely also through just my relationship with my family um, because I'm a lot, I have the tools now to stand up for myself. And I think now that I'm 21, my family's willing to listen to being like hey I'm 21 now I'm a few years removed and that was still wrong and um just things like that and I also think that Jesus has, has given me the tools to get really angry about what happened to me yes talk about that so yes <laughs> Jesus I, is okay if you're mad <laughs> right I was told you know all my life don't get mad You need to be a sweet girl. (laughs) And so I I, like, it's very hard for me to get angry. Mm. I, because I don't let myself get angry. And sometimes I will realize that I've been mad at something for like two weeks and my brain just hasn't even gotten there yet. And so 
that's been changing a lot this semester, especially I'm like letting myself get mad right yeah. when I do because I cannot forgive the people that abuse me if I like don't get a little upset first. Mm. Wow. Because ultimately like I'm called to forgive them. Yeah. And that might not be for a while, but that's okay. Wow. Maddie, you are full of wisdom. Holy cow. Thanks. Seriously. You're only 21 and you've got a bucket full of wisdom with you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Man, I appreciate you just being so honest today and um, like sharing your experience because that's not easy to talk about and let the public world (laughs) have ears on. And so thank you for that. It's, It's a gift to hear your story. Thanks for asking me questions. <laughs> Anyways, well, I love you, Maddie. If Can people follow you or no? Yeah, they can follow me. Okay, cool. Well, go to the Those Who Know Instagram at those.who.know, and we will post a picture of Maddie, and you guys can follow her. You can DM her if you listen to this and you felt like you related to her story. I'm sure Maddie would love to talk to you about it. Um... And so, yeah, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you liked this episode. And thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time.